You're the coolest. No, you're the coolest. No, you're the coolest. No, you're the coolest. Okay, I'm the coolest. Good afternoon, or morning, or evening, or whenever you're listening to this. I am Pastor Floyd Hughes from Crossroads Community Church of Jefferson Hills, and with me, as always, is Pastor Mark Berkshire with Meadow Run Community Church in Ohio Powell, Pennsylvania. And we're talking about one of the things that everyone's talking about, uh, politics. Now, I know you're not supposed to talk about politics and religion, but these are two of the most important things in people's life. So, uh, plus, we don't usually abide by <laughs> the rules anyway. So, uh, we're going to go ahead and talk about it. And we're not, we're not here to tell you who to vote for. We're not here to promote a political perspective or a politician. We're also not here to put down or demean a political party or a politician. Um, we're just here to talk about uh, how do we respond to the political climate in the United States that's currently going on. And um, we actually just talked about this on the Faith Pittsburgh live stream. We did a couple of, was that Friday? I think it was Sunday. Friday. Sunday. Sunday, that's right. We did it Sunday afternoon. Yeah, all my days are running together. Um, but I actually, um, at the Sunday celebration at Crossroads uh, did a live Q&A where we we're answering questions about God, government, and the Bible. And so I suggested to Mark uh, that I am going to share with him some of the questions that were shared with me. Uh, some of them were texted in. Some of them were sent in via uh, TikTok, a TikTok video I did. And one of the ones that was texted in is from Bobby. <laughs> Mark knows. Uh, and I'm going to share that one because it was a very interesting one. So we're going to start off with that. Uh, I, and again, none of these have a turn to this page. Here's the answer. Uh, but it's basically asking questions and we're looking for and responding with the biblical answer. So here's the question Bobby submitted. She said, um, I frequently run into people who state that as Christ followers, we need not get involved in political issues on a local, state, national, or worldly level. We should only concern ourselves with God's laws. And those people say, then we shouldn't vote or get involved in politics. But then Bobby says, I meet other people who say that God calls us to get involved in politics and in the political realm of things. And Bobby says, I can cite stories in the Bible where God used others working within other nations to shape them to his will. Daniel, Mordecai, Joseph, Moses, etc. And here's her question. And she started with, this is long, but here's her question out of all that. Is there a stronger or more compelling biblical teaching that deals with the specific issue of voting? And I know that's a lot. So I'm going to give you a second to kind of let that sink in. Oh, wait, he looks like, he looks like he's ready to go for it. No, I, I don't think there, short answer, I don't think there is a specific passage or scripture that would say, thou shalt vote and that is the law. <laughs> there's yeah. nothing like that, you know, um, th there's nothing like that. But 
as far as our involvement in politics and our involvement in the culture, the Bible's clear throughout the Bible. And you, you, you stated several good examples. I would go on with saying um, David and Ruth and um, Esther uh, from the Old Testament, Paul in the New Testament. Uh, said that we are to um, pray for our our government officials. We are to support our government uh, officials, and that um, we need to let them know when we disagree with them. <laughs> I mean, Paul's very clear about that. Um, so yeah, I think we do need to vote. I think as Christians, it is our not only our privilege to vote, but I, I do think it's our duty. Um, as I see it, part of the problem with, and I'm talking about America, not not world right now, because there's another whole list of things about the world. But the problems with America is for far too long Christians have sat on the sidelines and allowed people with non-biblical views and values to run this country. Well, I, I'm I'm sure you're aware that that's a, a lot of what you said is the same stuff that I responded with on Sunday. Um, and, and as you said, Esther, Nehemiah, I mean, Esther yeah. was queen. You can't get more involved in politics than that. Yeah. The book of Esther is about, Hey, Esther, go get involved. So yeah, uh, I, uh, I also, um, I don't think I said this on Sunday. I hope I didn't, but the people who say that probably don't have pastors who teach through the Bible. Right. And, and don't, understand like the whole bible in context and uh yeah but i'm going to move on because otherwise we could just spend all day on that one i'm going to save this next one that's a really good one i'm going to say that for a minute i'm looking for the one uh, <clears throat> ah here it is so this was a guy named dale jitsu uh i responded to this on sunday i also just put a video up on tiktok responding to him um, to show him my response. His question was, how do we interact with our brothers and sisters who truly love Jesus, but vote differently than we do? How do we interact with our brothers and sisters who truly love Jesus and hate pizza? I mean, that's being sarcastic, but at the same time, it's the same idea. We shouldn't be any different and shouldn't be interacting any differently with them um, if we truly love them as Christ loved them. Um, and and I, I, I see that the question, and it is a good question, it's a fair question, it's a question that gets under my skin every time I hear something like this because it's like, 
if you have to ask that question, and I'm not putting anyone down, I'm not trying to talk down to anyone, but, and, and I, I don't follow this logic all the time either, but if you have to, if you have to ask that question, do you really understand what the love of God is in our lives? I'm, I'm just going to interrupt you for one second and, 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 and encourage anyone who is listening to this to go find the message that I preached on this on Sunday. And uh, I didn't give Mark these questions in advance, um, but almost all of our answers are lining up. And it's not because of us. It's because that's what the Bible says. Right. And that, that's, what, that's what we're each going to as our source for an answer on these issues. But that is what I... I, I, I was like, hey, if you if you're loving people differently because they vote different or think different or dress different or look different, you're not loving them like Jesus did. Right. Yeah. And, and that, like I said, that's the one thing that gets under my skin more than anything else is how do we deal with this person because they think differently than I do? Well, how do you deal with that person, period? If you're not dealing with them out of love, of out of Christ's love already, then that's your first problem. You need to address that issue before you can address the second issue. I agree wholeheartedly. And the next question, somewhat kind of tied to this so to speak hold on let me make sure that's the well i'm gonna say i'm gonna save this other one for last um <laughs> uh this one is the one i said I, I was gonna skip by and i was gonna come to it now because i feel like they're intermixed um uh q did that 201 and i haven't responded to his with a video but i did share his question in the sunday celebration and responded there uh, he said, I'd like to know your thoughts about how the church used to be at the center of the civil rights movement and what should be our stance now about it, the civil rights movement. It is. How do I put this nicely? <laughs> it is sad how far the church as a whole has strayed from God's word. One thing we need to understand, I, I mean, I'm a big civil rights person to stand up for civil rights and, and right there with everybody. But one thing we have to understand as Christ followers, we have no rights, period. I don't care if you're black, white, look about it. We have no rights. The only thing we have is what Jesus and what God has given us. And that may sound harsh and that may sound extreme, we serve an extreme God. 
And we can't, the church needs to stand up for biblical rights, biblical stance. The whole thing with racism, with civil rights movement, with um, any other kind of movement that you're looking at, they're based mainly on godly principles, treating each other, as we just got done talking about, with godly love. When I look at a person, I don't look at their skin. I don't look at how they're dressed. I don't look at how many tattoos they have or how many piercings they have or how many pieces of jewelry they're wearing. I look at, is that person representing Christ in their life? Is that person someone that I can come alongside of and do life together as Christ intended? And we tend to look at them and say, they're from a different culture than I am. You know, they're from a different class of people than I am. I was raised very poor. And I'm still very poor. <laughs> but I don't, I, I, I fit in with anybody that I go in contact with because I see everyone the same. I see them as children of God, saved and unsaved. Because remember, we are God's creation, saved and unsaved. We are still created in God's image, all of us. Um, so here's the answer that I said, and it lines up with what you said, that one, it's not a, uh, I said it's not a uh, a God, or excuse me, a, a civil right. Um, it's a human right. Because we, I mean, this whole country was founded on the fact that God gave us unalienable rights, rights that God gives us that man can't take away. Um, and that the church, like you said, has been silent about it and allowed what should be a God-given right to become civil rights, which means it has to be legislated by man and man gets to say all this uh, all, all this stuff about it. And, and like you said, I said, the church has been silent way too long about it uh, because it has become politicized and legislated and the church doesn't want to get involved in that. So they stay silent. But if we realize, like you said, that it's not about legislated or civil rights, it's about the rights that God has given us, uh, that we are all one in Christ, neither black nor Jew, you know, rich, poor, even though he doesn't use these words, Democrat or Republican, uh, we're all one in Christ. Um, right. But yeah, I think, again, the church has been way too silent on it uh, because it's been politicized, because it's been made a civil thing and the church doesn't want to get involved in civil things, which is a whole other discussion. Actually, that's part the reason we're having it. Yes, the church is supposed to be involved in, right. in, in civil things. So, um, yeah. Uh, let me share, where's the next one? So this one ties in. What, in your opinion, is the biblical view of the current social environment in the United States? And this came from Forgiven Through Grace. Can you repeat the question? 
Sure. What, in your opinion, is the biblical view of the current social environment in the United States? So what do you think is the biblical view of the current social environment in the United States? Um, I used a what could have been a cuss word, but I didn't. Um, okay. But um, I'll, <laughs> I'll share what I said in a minute. As I said before we went on the air, I saw it this week and wish I would have thought about it. God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah for less than what is going on in our culture today. We can only describe what is going on in our culture in a biblical way, in my mind, as seeing it as it's all lining up to the return of Jesus Christ. Um, we're seeing the lawlessness of man. We're seeing the, the evil of man. We're seeing the um, just the, the sickness of man play out right before our eyes. Biblically, biblically, what should we do? We should pray. We should share the gospel. We should run towards the fight and not away from the fight. We should stand firm and strong, not on our own thoughts, not on our own words, not on our own abilities, but on the word of God through the power of the Holy Spirit and with his strength. Okay, so your answer was a lot more nice, <laughs> a lot nicer than my answer. I said God probably looks down and thinks everything that we're doing is a cow manure storm. Because we're, 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 we we're divide we find new things to divide over in the United States every single day. Uh, you know, we we see all the reports about how the church is in decline, people leaving the church, yada yada yada, all that stuff. And um, you know, God gives us two rules all we have to live by: love God, love others. Love God, I would say he looks down, and yes, there are people that are general genuinely doing it. But for the most part, a lot of people who claim to be Christians, they don't love God. I saw something today and it was, you know, comparing the average Christian to Satan because Satan knows God. Satan was in the presence of God. Satan has great theology, probably knows more about God than most Christians today. But Satan doesn't have his faith or trust in God. Um, right. But that's, I mean, most Christians think I, I sit in the pews. Uh, I've 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 been going there all my life, and I read my I, I read the Bible, everything, and I I you know know it backwards and forwards. But that has nothing to do with your 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 faith in God. So right. uh, as far as loving God, I'd say we're probably failing overall, and loving one another. That's the other thing he tells us: love God and love others. Loving one another, right. we find new things to divide over. Every single day, 
I mean, stupid yeah. stuff. Um, so I said it's probably, you know, from the biblical view, a cow manure storm, and we're not doing too good. Okay, and we're back. <laughs> I'll I'll find a commercial break to insert there. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. That's okay. Uh, so this last question, um, and it may not be the last thing we discussed, but this is the last question that was sent to me, and it is about a topic near and dear to your heart. Uh, I had a a longer answer. I think it was sure i don't know but um i'm probably not going to post a video response to her question from the sunday celebration i'll just respond to it directly so it's more direct but the question was when do you think the rapture will happen before or during the seven years supposed peace that the antichrist brings and this was from uh genie stein actually this is one of the people uh, i think she's one of the people I sent a copy of my book to you because she had promoted it or ordered ones or whatever. But yeah, go. My answer, my short answer is it has to be before the tribulation period. It has to be before the seven-year wrath. Um, I'm going to say that's the short answer. Um, it's also the right answer, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> but, but, but go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, and, and and I believe it's the correct answer also. But, I mean, I, I've been in a debate with a gentleman for the past couple of months who is a post-trib person and trying to explain my view and his view, and, and, and I understand his view. And uh, but I believe that the Bible clearly states and promises the child of God that we will not see God's wrath, period. Um, and what we are going through right now, what we are experiencing right now, may seem like wrath of God, but it is no way near what the wrath of God is going to be like. Um, so, I believe that the rapture comes before the seven-year tribulation. There's many, many places that I can point to. Uh, some people say, well, it says that God's people are going to go through the tribulation and wrath. And I will say absolutely correct. God's people will go through the tribulation and wrath. God's church will not. There is a difference. Um, God's church is the body of believers, Gentile and Jews, that is was um, started in Acts and continues on to this day. God's people are the Israelites, Jews. Those are God's people. Nowhere in the Bible, nowhere in the New Testament does does, is the church referred to as God's people? It's just not there. We are, are referred to as his church, his children. We are referred to as his bride. 
but we are never referred to as his people. And, and I know that's confusing and can be confusing, but that's why I believe we, the church, will be taken out before the, the, uh, in the rapture, before the seven-year tribulation. Uh, and I am going to, um, <clears throat> and I shouldn't do this, uh, but I, I, I feel like I, I, I keep asking this and I don't get an explanation because I understand, well, actually, I don't understand the post-tribulation view. It, it doesn't line up with any of scripture at all because the tribulation ends with Jesus returning with the saints. Yeah. So if if we go through the entire tribulation and it ends with him returning with us, how could we have gone through it? It 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 conflicts entirely with not right. just one place, not just you know Daniel, uh, Revelation, and and the Book of Zechariah, but multiple places in Scripture, it it that concept conflicts yeah. with Scripture. So that I don't understand. No. I can kind of see the people trying to make a case for mid tribulation, yeah, but that just doesn't wrath. make sense. Yeah, yeah. So the post yeah. us going through the whole tribulation contradicts Scripture wholeheartedly. There's yeah. just it, it, and, it just doesn't make sense. And the other thing that I look at, too, is I think it's in First Thessalonians. The Antichrist will not be revealed until the restrainer is removed from the earth. Who is the restrainer? It is the Holy Spirit. Where does the Holy Spirit live in the church or in the world today? It's in the church. So we have no idea of who the Antichrist is. I saw a post on YouTube today that I, I just had to chuckle. It said that um, the Antichrist is revealed and will be announced within the next week or two. And I'm like, hmm, I guess I'm going home soon. <laughs> but I mean, because... I, it, the Bible's clear. It, it's very clear that it's not, we will not know the Antichrist. So, yeah. So, I, I again, if you're not trying to be disrespectful, no. if you're someone who believes that, you know, we make it that Christians will go through the entire tribulation. Uh, but I also want to be respectful to the word of God, which makes it clear that that is an impossibility that contradicts right. scripture and and the other thing about that and then i'll get off of this is if we go through the tribulation and the rapture happens then jesus is a liar because he said no man will know the time day or hour of his return we know that he's going to return at the end of the tribulation so we already know the time or the period of time. Yeah. So well, how can, the clock to start counting down until his return. Right. We can start on the, and then we have have seven years to get our life together so that we're not missing out on heaven. That's a, real, and, a really, really, really good point. Yeah. Well, we'll and, and I, I just don't see that, that that can happen because he says he's coming as a thief in the night and he is going to take us suddenly 
suddenly out of this earth and we will be with him. And you can't come as a thief in the night if I have a three and a half year countdown as to when you're <laughs> exactly you're going to show exactly. up. That's a really good point. Yeah, that is that is yeah, that's a really good point. OK, uh, I, I want to share this passage of verse and we're going to close with it. And then I, I used this when uh, the person that was asking the question about should we get in politics um and I also used it because people have made the comment that, you know, God is God is sovereign, but they they make the point that God puts every single person, every president, every elected official, God puts them in that position. But that contradicts with Hosea chapter eight, because in Hosea chapter eight, uh, this is what it says. Um, in verse two, it says, and, and this is the complete Jewish Bible version, will they cry out to me? We are Israel, God. We know you. Israel has thrown away what is good. And in verse four, it says, they, meaning Israel, make kings, but without my authority. They appoint leaders, but without my knowledge. So that's that's God saying, hey, here's part of the problem that you're dealing with, and you're crying out to me because of it. It's because you have appointed kings mm-hmm. who were not in line with what I wanted for you. Um, right. And I've pointed this out to people before, and they say, but the verse in Romans says God, uh, you know, is is over every leader. And I was like, God allows it, but God did not handpick every leader and put them in that position. Uh, yeah. the, he allowed it, but that doesn't mean it was in line with his will. And yeah. we live in a nation where we get to vote, you know, and elect the people to appointed positions. Uh, so we definitely should vote because what we don't want is, is what God just said of Israel, people who are being appointed that are not in line with his will, um, that have their own agenda. And it goes on and it talks about their agendas after money and gold and all that kind of stuff, which is what we see a lot in politics today. People say they're there because they want to defend the people, but those same people go into a six-figure federal job and within one or two terms, they're making, you know, six to 10 million a year. That's not the way it's supposed to work. And they're not making that because of their salary. They're making it because of, and I'm not trying to hate on every politician. This is one of the reasons, like you said, why we need to, the church needs to step up and vote and ensure that the people that we're voting for fall in line with uh, God's will. And and we need to understand, and, and I think you made this point on Sunday, if I'm not mistaken, at our in our live stream with Faith Pittsburgh. Um, we are ambassadors to this country. We are we we may be physical earthly citizens to this country. Our our real citizenship, if you're a child of God, is in heaven. And we already have a ruler, and he is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So everything we do here on earth should represent his kingdom. That's why he said in the Lord's Prayer, you know, your kingdom come, your will be done. It didn't mean for his whole kingdom to come here. It was looking to the future of when his kingdom does come. And we have that thousand-year reign with him 
on earth. And it is bringing his kingdom through us. Not a kingdom now theology. Don't get me going there. But bringing his kingdom here through us be representatives of his kingdom. And we need to vote. We need to bring things to the table and not be afraid to speak out if we are the only ones standing up for that issue. And I'm, I'm going to even go a step further and say, yes, we're ambassadors. Uh, yes, we should put his kingdom first. But from a kingdom mindset, if we don't and we put anything else, any other nation, including America first, then we are committing treason to the kingdom that we are ambassadors for. And at least in the United States, at least when I was in the military, treason was still punishable by death. I'm not saying that that's what God's going to do, but... Uh, if we're putting, oh, my God, we got to put America first. No, we don't. We're supposed to put God first. Uh, yes, we are supposed to, you know, we're we're in a nation where we can elect people um, who have hopefully godly morals and, and align with God's will. But we're supposed to put God first. That's our first priority, yeah, not yeah. to America. And I'm not hating on people that love America. Uh, I spent 12 years in the military because I love America. I absolutely positively love this nation, but I'm an ambassador to this nation. Uh, I'm a representative of the kingdom of God first and foremost. And the best thing that I can do for this nation is to put God first. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree 100%. All right. So we are uh, going to close. Uh, I'm going to ask... Before I ask, actually, before I ask Mark to pray, I'm just going to throw out a reminder that we did put out two books now. Uh, one is the Unwrapping Christ at Christmas that we put out with Faith Pittsburgh. Um, it's available on Amazon. It's a great Christmas devotional. Myself, Mark, Pastor Chris Jaron, uh, and Mike Granovitz, who's the president of Faith Pittsburgh, uh, put that out as a, and it's a short, easy read, put that out, makes a great gift for family, friends, coworkers, even Christmas gift exchange with the people at work. And then Mark and I put out as a first of what we hope to be many projects uh, of this organization, Faith Responders, we put out Faith Responders presents 21 Days of Spiritual Renewal. That's also available on Amazon. Um, and yeah, that's available now. Also makes a great gift for people, family members, friends, and it's a great way for people to start off uh, this season or the coming new year by just, you know, spending some time and getting focused on God's will and his vision and his purpose and his plan for your life, for your community, for your family, and for our nation. And I, I would just say, Yahoo. <laughs> and if you do, if you do write, if you do order the books, which we hope you do, um, and, and let me throw this out: by no means are we ever going to get rich on these books. We have priced these books for you guys to, um, so they're available to you, so they will build the kingdom of God. That is our purpose: is building God's kingdom up. 
uh, encouraging one another as the Bible instructs us to do. That's what the purpose of these are. It's not to get our names out there. It's not to get recognition for them by our name. Um, but with that being said, if you do get them and you enjoy them, please put a review up on Amazon for us um, so that other people will be able to, um, the more reviews, the more reads we get on, on Amazon, the more our ratings go up a little bit and the more available that, that these resources are. Someone who may not even know, well, this looks like an interesting book. Let me just see what it is. And they open it up and they go, huh, I never knew God could do that. And they come to Christ through, through this ministry. So that is our, that is our hope and our, our prayer. Um, but, um, and I don't mean to be selfish plug, but that, that's what we need. We need your help for that. Um, we can't go on and write reviews for ourselves. So, well, we could, but you know. Uh, and I would just add this, yeah, like Mark said, we're we're both poor. We're probably going to stay poor. These books aren't going to change our financial situation. That's not why we do it. One of the reasons we do it is because, one, we love God. We absolutely love him. Um, but also, we love you guys. And if there's anything that we can do that's going to help um, increase your ability to share the gospel, to experience more of God's love, uh, to, to be, be more effective at whatever God has called you to do, uh, then we, we, we want to do that. So that's the reason why we do this podcast and answer questions. It's the reason why we're both a part of faith Pittsburgh and answer questions. It's the reason why we're, you know, joining together the right books to help share the truth of God's word with everyone and anyone who's willing to listen. So, um, yeah, we're not going to get rich off of this. We don't expect to, we're not trying to, um, yeah. we just, we just love yeah. God, love sharing his word and love you guys. And we love each other. We love being a part of each other's lives. So this is yeah. another way to do that. So. Yeah. This is just another opportunity for us to hang out and do stuff together too. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Okay, so let me close in prayer. And uh, we are trying to get more uh, consistent with our podcast as far as putting them out in a consistent basis. So keep an ear out and an eye out for these podcasts. And uh, we can we can only grow the kingdom one step at a time. So that's what we're trying to do. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for um, your gift of freedom and that we live in a country uh, that uh, you placed us in this country so that we would have that freedom. And Lord, we just ask for this upcoming election that it, it doesn't divide churches, it doesn't divide families, it doesn't divide individuals but that we would be drawn closer together, maybe not because we see eye to eye, but because we love the one who loves us. And that's the most important thing. And Father, we just ask that you would help us to share your love, show your love, and be your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.